0: the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How about you?
0: Oh, man, I, I can't complain. I mean, it's December. The holiday season is upon us. The end of the season is upon us. We've got a... in like, it's kind of an interesting year for the playoff race, too. I mean, this isn't like one of those years where at least it's not yet, where it's the same old, same names and games that are uh, already locked a spot down yet. You know what I
1: mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, to that point, (laughs) you got the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, (laughs) with the chance to be the number one seed. I mean, it's an outside chance, but still. Yeah. uh, They they still have a chance for the number one seed. So that kind of shows you that this is not the same playoffs that we're used to seeing definitely not the same playoff teams.
0: No, not at all. And like I mean I don't know like I'm kind of like I mean I hate to pick a I hate to put my flag in in the sand for any of them, you know, but like I'm pretty excited to see the Jaguars in the playoffs. I that's just like the disrespect that that team carries around. <laughs> With
1: them, it's just gonna be they, they wear it on their shoulder, yeah. you know. They, they, it's like a badge of, of, of honor for them, yeah. The disrespect that they get, they man, they just tear you up. <laughs> if you say anything wrong about the Jaguars, you better not make If if while you're trying to slander them. You better not make any mistakes about your actual information or they're gonna they're gonna uh-uh. tear your ass up. Uh-uh. So you know, Duval doesn't play that. <laughs> and uh we, we saw that last week after the Seahawks oh, shit. game. Yeah. Where they, you know, they're throwing stuff for players and shit, which is not cool. No, not at but all. But when the player tried to go up in the stands, I just was I just noticed that the fans didn't really move out of the way. Like, he was coming up there, and they were just kind of standing on, like, okay, you can bring your big ass up here, but you're going to get thrown back. So, uh, you know, thankfully that situation didn't devolve any further. (laughs) But they ain't scared now. I mean, Duval is not scared. Mm -hmm. And just having their fans in the place, I want them to host a playoff game so bad. Oh, God. They just want Duval to have that. You know, that's something obviously they've been to the playoffs in the past yeah. but not in the recent past most of those fans you know they might have aged out by now yeah so uh the, these new fans haven't really felt that kind of excitement and i think it would be great uh to see them hosting a playoff at least one playoff game this year yeah
0: no, I, I, <laughs> I'm in full agreement, man. I mean, it's just like, they've been around, they've been bad long enough to become a punchline. And like all the, I mean, we've talked about it on here before, all the, you know, the tarp jokes the people have made, the relocation jokes that people made for years and years with the Jaguars and just like that, the pile that. And like, you saw it even last, week. I mean, like that Jalen Ramsey talking about, you know, bringing up Michael Bennett's, you know, comment from the spring about you know, losing 50 points and the Jaguars losing by 50 points or what.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, it's never good when you're the punchline all the time. Like when mm-hmm. I first got here to Tampa, we were the same way. So I totally understand.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I'm telling you though, I'm just like, I am here for Jalen Ramsey in the playoffs talking about, you know, whatever teams coming to town. And I just, I mean, like, it's just—it's just, it's just going to make—it's going to make for some—just some good fucking TV all around, let me tell you. <laughs> Speaking of that fight last week, I'm kind of, like—I know they're, like—the outrage machine got pretty geeked up about Bennett and Jeff Quentin Jefferson, you know, with the play at the end of the game, but
2: I, it, like
0: Like my outrage meter's not real high anyway, but like it's hard to like I'm glad they didn't they're not going to suspend any of those guys. And it's hard to like even feel like justified in saying that those guys should be suspended, especially Jefferson. It's like when you watch that video of people throwing shit at him, what's the man supposed to do?
1: Right. The Jefferson situation is one thing, but I will say I was disappointed with uh, Michael Bennett when he pulled that shit at the end of the game. For the simple fact that, I mean, he can't, claim, he can't claim ignorance on this. No. He was here with Shiano when Shiano was doing that Bush League bullshit here. Yeah. And Mike, and Michael Biddle was one of the guys that didn't like it. Yeah. Right? It was obvious that he didn't like it. But so for him to do that at the end of the game, I, I can't even imagine what he thought he was going to get out of that. No. Um, it, it, it's actually uh, – just a miracle that, you know, the, the, the Seahawks didn't retaliate further because, I mean, he was – he shot in at the center's knees for no yeah. fucking reason at yeah. the end of the game. And I called it Bush League when it was here, and it's Bush League over there too. So yeah. I, I was very disappointed in him. I don't know about a suspension, but, I mean, I, I just – I felt like – I mean, he knew better and he did the shit anyway. So yeah, I was yeah. very disappointed in him.
0: Yeah, yeah and there's something to that too i mean like you know I, I know you know we all everyone you know frustration gets to you but like you know you can't you, you got to be able to draw that line sometimes too you know uh, it's just it, it's frustrating i know but like there is a certain level of that you know you don't want to go out there and injure those players on the other team either you know you hate to see somebody get injured because of something like that and you know when you go at somebody's knees that's there's a chance that that could happen
1: Right. That's pretty much the whole point. Uh, you, you only do that because you feel like a guy will care more about getting hurt than he will about making a block, and that's how you end up somehow miraculously making a, a, a play on that particular play. That's the only way it can happen. Yeah. So that is absolutely the intent is to either try to hurt somebody or to try to create the fear in them that they'll be hurt so they won't make the block. Yeah. And that's what's Bush League about it. And like I said, it was Bush League when it was here. It's Bush League when he does it there. It's just Bush League, period. Yeah. Because it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, you're not going to stop the kneel down play with that. At best, you're going to get somebody hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was a, it was interesting. It was an interesting moment to see. But um, like I say, I still not. I'm I'm still interested to see how things play out in Duval next month. <laughs> well, let's see. We had another big uh, kind of a major, major, major piece of news this last weekend, and that's Carson Wentz going down in Philadelphia. That's a tough blow for the Eagles to, to deal with this time of year.
1: It really is. And, and the thing of it is, when you look back on it, it's something that maybe we should have had in the back of our minds anyway. Yeah. Because normally, when you have a guy who runs as much as Winch did, whether it was avoiding, uh, uh, you know, the rush or something like that, but a guy who runs as much as he he does, normally we're we go overboard and saying that guy has to protect himself, he has to slide, he has to do this. Yeah. Not take the big hits, but when Winch took the big hits. He got applauded for it. Yeah, You know, John Groot, he's Montana strong, you know, <laughs> and all that bullshit. When at the end of the day, everybody is human out there. Yeah. So you get hit enough times, sooner or later, something could break down. Yeah. And so um, this is one of those situations where looking back, he probably, even before that hit, should have been a little bit better about taking care of himself. But, you know, he was making these plays, and he was getting up every time, even when he took the big hits. Yeah. So he was applauded for it instead of admonished for it. So it'll be interesting to see when he comes off of this torn ACL if he'll change his style of play at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you almost will have to a little bit. I mean, they just can't afford to – I mean, you know, you can't afford that going forward, whether you're the player or the team.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, you just at some point you have to to look at it as though uh, the risk versus the reward. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that's one of those things right there where he didn't necessarily need to try to dive into the end zone that way. Yeah. Um, I I, I believe they still had another play after that, so um, he's probably gonna have to take make better decisions in the moment because he's a guy that is always going to be mobile though. Yeah. You know, he's always going to try to avoid the rush and stuff like that. It's just going to come to the end of the run how he's finishing those runs at times is probably what he's going to have to to take a look at.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. But in the meantime, they got I mean, if only there were another decent quarterback out there who could run a similar playbook, but
1: Big arm guy, yeah, you know, I just, guy like, you who's know, mobile.
0: Just, those, just can't find those guys in free agency in December, can you?
1: Can't find those guys walking the streets. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, well, we get to see Nick Foles instead, so, of course, whoopee. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, like, I'm sorry, but, like, you know, Nick Foles, you may be, you know, I, I don't think if I, I was telling somebody this morning not to get, you know, any sort of Case Keenum delusion and and you should probably have realistic expectations for Nick Foles because what you see is what you get with Nick Foles. You're uh, going to lose a lot of the playbook with Nick Foles starting. Um, you know, I mean, the Eagles are in good shape because at least they have a decent offensive line and, and, and decent skill players around him. But, you know, you, you definitely lose a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what the odds, the drop was in the odds specifically, but you know, there was a noticeable decline in Philadelphia's uh, Super Bowl odds after that injury.
1: Well, well, the good thing for the Eagles is they have a plethora of running backs yeah. in the backfield. They have a guy uh, 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 like Alshon Jeffrey who's a, a big target guy too, so you don't have to be perfect to him. Yeah. And they have an outstanding defense. So – Getting into the later months, playing outside with with the elements and everything, they could kind of hide Nick Foles to yeah. a certain extent for most games. It, it's going to come down to those games where you have to throw the football though, or at least you have to make some 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 timely throws yeah. to stay in the game and, and keep up with the, with a team that has an offense that actually can score on their defense. Yeah. So that's when you're going to see them stressed. And see Nick Foles kind of exposed a little bit. Yeah. And I said this at the beginning of the year. See, this is why you pick up Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Even as the backup. Everybody was, well, he probably didn't want a backup job. First of all, how would you know? Nobody ever asked yeah. him. <laughs> but second of all, this is why you have him as a backup. Because now he really couldn't save you anyway. But you wanted him you know, early on in the season so he could step right in already know the offense, already know what to do because injuries happen in football. It's inevitable. Yeah. Carson Wentz probably isn't the last uh, starting quarterback that won't make it to the end of the season. Yeah. So you would have had a guy fully prepared to step in and make plays. He might have gotten it done a little bit different than Carson Wentz, but still been available to lead your team That that is right now, you know, looked like the best team in football before this injury last week. Yeah. And now you're wondering if y'all can even win a playoff game with Nick Foles. Yeah. So I said at the beginning of the year, you know, people might not be mad at first. They might, well, we don't want Colin Kaepernick anyway. But what's going to happen when not having him becomes the difference between your team, you know, making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, getting in the playoffs and getting beat or getting in the playoffs and advancing. Yeah. What's going to happen then? I, I have a feeling a lot of these fans that are so turned off by his protest but love winning a little bit more are the ones that's going to be very frustrated as they watch their team kind of go to, go down the twos because they don't have a good backup quarterback.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And, the, you know, and that's the other thing, too, with the Eagles. It's like they're going to see, like, there's no easy road in the NFC playoffs this year. I mean, you're gonna get the Vikings, the Rams, the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, maybe the Seahawks. I mean, <laughs> that's those are tough teams to play, and offensively and defensively.
1: Yeah, there, there there won't be any cupcakes this year. There won't be anybody who you can can just mark it down. they they're gonna beat that team in the first round. Yeah, because so many of these teams are kind of grouped and lumped together. Very good teams that maybe the Seahawks, for instance, not necessarily having the, the kind of you we're used to, to from them, but are probably still going to make the playoffs yeah. and are very dangerous, yeah. especially since they shored up the left tackle position. You know, Dwayne Brown yeah. has made such a difference since he's gotten there that, you know, Russell Wilson is still running for his life, <laughs> but just – Fewer amount of times a game. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, do you really feel good about playing the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs? Yeah. With Nick Foles as your quarterback. I I don't see how you could be. No. So, uh, and that's – on down the line, you can just keep going. Again, Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Look, I I I (laughs) – have come around on Case Keenum, right? Like, <laughs> I, I doubted him long enough to find I'm just like, this guy is making enough plays for them to win. Yeah. Even, even in games where they're, they're playing teams that have pretty good offenses and they have to keep up. He's doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I, I I can't keep hating on him, but in the back of my, my mind, I just can't help myself. I really am not sure about them either, right? I, I'm really yeah. not sure, So. Even at the top now, there's no clear, you know, uh, 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 you know, favorite in the NFC this year in the playoffs, and of course, we got the other breaking news this week that Aaron Rodgers has been cleared. Yep, to come back. Yep. So that throws everything up in the air because guess what? The Green Bay Packers ain't out of it either, just no. yet. No. Not at all.
0: And the teams that they play on their schedule, they play the Panthers this week. Those are the teams that, you know, they, I mean, it doesn't get much more controlling your own destiny than the teams that they play. They play the Lions in one of these last three games. I mean, these are all, like, if they win they are I mean, it's not, I don't think it's like a perfect scenario where they win and they're in, but it's pretty damn but It's pretty close. damn close. Right. Exactly.
1: It's pretty damn close. And so this is going to be like playoff games. Three playoff games in a row before they even get to the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean that that's the same for all those other teams too. Like you said, the the Panthers know they can't really lose a game either. Nope. Uh, yeah, and the same thing for the Falcons. A lot of these teams, and it's it's all because remember a few years back where uh, teams were playing meaningless games mm-hmm. at the end of the season and they were sitting their starters and stuff, and they changed the formula. So you have more division games at the end of the year. Yeah. That is this is the, the 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 result of that. Yeah. So nobody can really uh rest on their laurels at the end of the season this year. We can see a huge shakeup, you know, those final seeds, the 5th and 6th seed, especially in the NFC this year, right at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, like the, the NFC schedule is just I mean, whereas, you know, I think in the AFC, it's like you got this week with the Patriots and Steelers the biggie. But, like, every NFC game is just like, I mean, especially with those three NFC South teams having playoff spots right now. I mean, it's the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons just in a blood sport to the very end of this thing.
1: Right, exactly. And so uh, it, it should make for an exciting end of the season for us That's for sure. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how teams kind of make it out of these last three weeks because they might be so beaten up heading into the playoffs that, uh, uh, you know, that first round, they just get trounced.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and, like, that's the thing, too, when you look at these teams is the depth you see a lot of that. And then just how, you know, until the Wentz thing with the Eagles, and obviously the Vikings have, you know, had their own snake bit issues at the quarterback position, but – you know, all those teams in there right now in the NFC, they're so good, are pretty healthy for the most part this season. And haven't had a lot of, you know, big injuries. Alvin Kamara's, you know, he missed part of last week, but he's back for the Saints this week. I mean, it's, you know.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, and that has been remarkable uh, about those teams at the top. The Rams. Uh, have had Robert Woods out for a few weeks, but he should be coming He's back bad. soon. Yeah, and so that actually should even give them a little bit of a boost. Yeah, heading into the playoffs. So uh, you're right about that. And even with the Vikings, you look at it and they have the perfect scenario where they still have Teddy Bridgewater waiting in the wings yeah. just in case, uh, Case Keenum falters down down the stretch here. Yeah, so um, they couldn't be in a better position really. Uh, because they have Teddy Bridgewater kind of as their ace in the hole. Yeah. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, look, the Cowboys are kind of on the outside looking here for right now, but they can make a push at the end of the season too.
2: Yeah.
0: They sure. So could, it's they just get very interesting. Pretty soon.
1: Right. So it, it it's going to get very interesting at the end of the season, um, for a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, this is kind of the week. I was looking through this when we were making our picks this week. This is kind of the last. I mean, there's some key games this week, but, you know, it, it it really, they there's a lot more critical games next week, week 16, and then again in week 17 than there are this week even. But it's a, I mean, just like looking at that schedule was just kind of like, Holy shit. Some of these games are, you know, you got the Packers and the Vikings next week. I mean, there you, (laughs) you know, that's just, it's going to be a hell of a schedule in the, the last to finish out the season here. I guess that's our, that's our reward for, uh, suffering through, uh, some, some primetime duds like, uh, like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure tonight's Broncos Colts game will be fascinating, but
1: well, it might be. You two never know. Kind of bad teams sometimes it makes for a good game. Uh there was a I think it was like a Browns coach game that was kind of exciting early in the season. So you never know. Yeah. Um I wouldn't count on it. This is Thursday <laughs> night football. But hey, you never know. So we'll see.
0: If you gotta get some last minute Christmas shopping done, this is not yeah. like the worst night to do that if you're an NFL fan.
1: Yeah, just look away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because Saturday, I, I tell you, the other game I'm kind of keyed up about this week is that Chargers-Chiefs game on Saturday night. Yeah, that's we get Saturday football back this week.
1: Yeah, that's when you know you're right at the end of the season, when you start having those Saturday football games. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's that's definitely true. There are actually uh, some pretty compelling games this week. Uh, like you said, the Packers and, and uh, Panthers, um, and the Rams and the Seahawks, uh, and that and that big, big time heavyweight championship belt match of uh, the Patriots and the Steelers. So this should be a pretty good weekend of football, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let me ask you about that. The the so I had an interesting conversation earlier this week, and I guess like it's such a packed house they're having to do like for the press, the national press in the in Pittsburgh for that Patriots game this week. Like they're having to, you know, commandeer sections of the stands to stick extra reporters and stuff into. But here's what I wonder about this game. Are we like, is this hype type type and it's going to be it's going to set up to be sort of a, like it's going to be like a disappointment or or I mean, is this a, is this going to be a knockdown drag out fight? I mean, I feel like it could go either way.
1: It definitely could. Um, the Kind of the one thing that we probably haven't heard a lot about this week that could be a key in this game, unfortunately, is Ryan Shazier not being in the yeah. lineup. Um, that's a huge deal when you're talking about a, a team like the Patriots that uh, literally their game plan changes from week to week based on personnel. Yeah, And so when they see a weakness to attack, you know, it doesn't matter what they ran last week. This week, they can definitely pinpoint who's ever is in there for Shazier, yep. and really work that guy over. Yeah. So uh, I think that that may be kind of a, a, a factor hiding under the hot headlines because it, you know it's not something I'm sure people really want to talk about. It is very unfortunate uh, the injuries that that Ryan Shazier sustained to yeah. his spine, and you know we hope that he has. A full and speedy recovery but but just as a football matter him not being in there obviously hurts the Steelers chances mm-hmm. against the offense especially against the offense like the Patriots and a quarterback like Tom Brady so yeah. that'll be interesting to see I expect them to do a lot with the running backs in the passing game to kind of take advantage uh, uh, of that matchup and, mm-hmm. and then on the other side of it um, it, it, it the one thing I'm looking for with the Steelers is, is, will they uh, kind of let Le'Veon Bell be their bell cow? Yeah. And and just really lean on him, especially heading into the playoffs. I think that he uh, has shown that he can handle the workload, and I think that offense uh, just plays better and, and is more productive when they kind of run the offense through him. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they get a little too pass-happy, in my opinion, and then they get a little bit off track, but if they can just keep giving the ball, whether it's out of the backfield or uh, running the football, or they can just keep feeding, uh, Le'Veon Bell throughout the game. I feel like they'll at least have a shot at the end. Yeah. But if they get a little bit too pass happy, I think they could find themselves down big early.
2: Yeah,
0: no, I I think the, the two things that like that really stuck out to me for this game. And I picked New England to win. Now listen, let me, you look at my record with picks and you probably, you could, you don't want to take my advice when it comes to picks. If you're listening to the show, let me just, let me just preface this with that. But uh, I picked New England because of the Shazier thing. They get Gronk back this week. They didn't have him last week against Miami because of his suspension for his uh, extracurricular activities in Buffalo. And also I, I won like my, thing with the Steelers I always wonder is they always seem to get a little confused offensively when when the spotlight's on them it's just you know I'm not the world's biggest Todd Haley fan I mean they have a wealth of talent on that team from the quarterback to the receivers to the running back but uh I just you know I see a Ravens team that put up 38 points on the Steelers last week without Shazier and this is not a Ravens offense that was really anything special to speak of and then you get the patriots coming in and then i like i say i think too i wonder if they'll if the steelers and Todd Haley don't sort of outsmart themselves with the with the play calling a little bit
1: well this certainly could happen i i mean uh the we we know <laughs> that um a lot of the times uh they'll get away from feeding Le'Veon Bell the football. Yeah. And, and I understand you got Antonio Brown. You want to get him the football too. But it's just that if you start off kind of make forcing the defense to respect Le'Veon Bell, then you're going to get Antonio Brown late. You know, you, you can get them both in there. But once you get a little off schedule, once you get behind, it's harder to feed Le'Veon Bell because you yeah. need to be throwing the football to get back in the game. And so, like I said, Ty Haley – uh, it, it we we really have to watch him in his, this game and see what kind of game plan he comes in on, because I think he would be the key to victory or defeat for them. Yeah. If if he calls a good game, man, I think that they can keep up with the Patriots. But if if they have to play from behind, because he's not feeding Le'Veon Bell early, well, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of a toss-up. They we, they did show. Uh, they, you know, they gave up the the thirty eight points to the Ravens or whatever, but they showed that they can come back against a very yeah. good Ravens defense and score a bunch of points too. So that's the flip side of it because the Ravens defense, to me, is much better than the Patriots defense. So that's the flip side of it. You don't want to have to do that every week, but you've shown that you can. It's just a matter of, you know, I I don't think that. <laughs> That, that that the Patriots will ever let them catch up if they get that far behind, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And like and like you said, I mean that 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 Ryan Shazier thing being out and Gronk being back in, that could just be huge. Yeah, for the Patriots.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, it really. I mean, I was I was stunned what a difference it made against the Ravens. I mean, I, I, you knew it was going to you know Shazier's you know he doesn't get a lot of headlines cuz he's a middle linebacker he's not somebody that's going to show up you know for the for the Deacon Jones award or anything like that but he's a you know he's one of those players he's sort of like Luke Keekley I mean just that player that just does a lot of shit for a defense and you just don't even realize it cuz it's not the kind of stuff that you necessarily see on the stat sheet or anything like that
1: and he's really fast and athletic Yeah, and that, that's another thing you, you don't have him on the field now, even if he's not covering Gronk, he could be covering one of the running backs instead. Now, you know, somebody else is going to be on uh, one of these shifty running backs like James White out of the backfield for uh, the Patriots. And look, James White, man, I, t- I swear, sometimes I think teams should game plan for him. Yeah. Because he seems to make big catches or big plays every single game. Yeah. And so now who are you going to have covering that guy in space? probably the guy that's replacing Ryan Shazier. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out, how they will kind of uh, uh, help. I think it's LJ Fort that will probably be in there, how they can help him out in coverage in particular. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: ought to be something to see. It ought to be something to see. I I guess the other AFC game that stands out to me this week is Saturday, the Chargers at the Chiefs, because that's kind of like right now, like whoever wins that game – Probably has a little bit of an edge in the AFC West race, and Kansas City bounced back last week. And I'll admit, I didn't think they would bounce back as well as they did, especially without um, Marcus Peters, who was suspe- suspended by the team for last week's game against Oakland. But sure enough, they did bounce back. And of course, the Chargers have been—you know—they've been quietly playing pretty well these last. I don't have their exact record in front of me, but you know, they uh, have gone from zero and four to start the season and into the playoff race at, at seven and six. So, you know, certainly a respectable showing from the chargers lately here too. What are your thoughts on that game?
1: Well, like you said, it, it, it pretty much could decide uh, the AFC West. And, and nobody would have thought that about, you know, seven weeks ago. Uh, it, it, at the time, it looked like the Chiefs were going to run away with it. And that the Chargers were, Chargers were completely out of it. And my how, the roles have kind of reversed now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even though the Chiefs did bounce back and win last week, a, a pretty convincing win over the Oakland Raiders, um, you, you still don't, I mean, do you trust them or, or not? Because, and, and a lot of people have heaped uh, criticism on Alex Smith, but when you look at it, their defense hadn't played uh, particularly well no. either. Up until last week. To me, that was the big difference, uh, no matter how Alex Smith was playing, is that the defense finally showed up against the Raiders, too. Uh, obviously, one of their players ended up making uh, horse of the Week this week, Chris yeah. Jones. But how will they play this week against the Chargers? Because low-key – Phillip Rivers has been lighting it up lately too. Mm-hmm. Um, you just still can't get to the guy. He looks like a statue back there, but some kind of way he gets away all the time. Yeah. And then when you when you give him enough time, you know he's got Keenan Allen, uh, uh just roasting guys left and right. <laughs> I mean, he's just. I mean, that dude's a beast. Uh, and then you got the speed guy number twelve. So, uh, and of course we know they have uh, Gates at tight end. And then the the young kid Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. uh, they just have a bunch of talent. They can run the football well too, uh, if, if, if they need to. So yep. um, they have an explosive offense still. Their defense can really get out of the, after the quarterback. Yeah. And, and another thing that's kind of helped them on this stretch, this winning stretch they've had, is uh, they got their middle linebacker back, uh, uh, Perryman uh yeah uh, and and he's been playing fantastic I I tell you the Jacksonville Jaguars game I remember because I was like man how did they ball up Leonard Fournette uh well on top of some some you know suspect blocking (laughs) Denzel Perryman was all over the fucking place that game yeah like he, he was on Leonard Fournette's ass and that dude has made a huge difference overall in their defense he's a smaller guy yeah but as a linebacker man he's an impact player so that team like i said you look at these two teams and it's like their fortunes just changed after the first few weeks of the season and and they reverse roles. yeah so if if recent history kind of holds up you would expect this is where the Chargers overtake the chiefs and they officially you know switch positions uh, I, you still have to play the games, obviously. But to me, I feel like the Chargers have the advantage just because they've been hot here lately, where the Chiefs have been cold up until last week. Yeah,
0: yeah, that Chargers defense is really like it's kind of amazing how on. I mean, I guess that's kind of the story of the Chargers in general. But like you know, underrated and overlooked that group is. I mean, I know Bosa and Ingram are you know, the standout guys on that defense because they're just, they're devastating pass rushers. And even, even at that, they still don't, it's not like they get a lot of headlines, but you know, like that Casey Hayward addition in the, in the secondary, I mean, you've got a great cornerback play from them now. And like like you said, Perryman back there. I mean, there's a lot, you know, this is a a pretty underrated unit that's, that's done a lot to keep the chargers in some of these games.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, I I really enjoy watching them play just because, uh, you know, those guys really Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are just a joy to watch. Yeah. For a guy that likes pass rush, and then even some of their backups, uh, the guy uh, number forty, Chris McCain, mm-hmm. has really been stepping up too this year. And and just man, like I said, Denzel uh, this, this pyramid. I think people kind of got in a, a first impression from their defense early on mm-hmm. when Perryman wasn't in the lineup. But they look so much better since he's been back in there. They look like almost a totally different unit. Yeah. And so now, like you said, they can win with defense as much as offense. For so long, we've just assumed or we we just seen the Chargers rely on Phillip Rivers to outscore everybody on offense. But their defense is re- are really – they are really holding up their end of the bargain on the stretch around the winning that they've had. So again, I just feel like they are the hotter team right now. They're they're the team that still looks to be ascending, whereas the Chiefs are kind of. I'm not really sure what they are right yeah.
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, and I, I don't want to put too much stock. I mean, in their win against Oakland last week, because I, you know, like you say, it, it hasn't really. It was one win. It was a good one. But it wasn't, you know, it it wasn't like it was just another win in a series of them that they've rattled off. You know what I mean? I mean, think they lost what four games before that? So,
1: and look, Oakland. I mean, who is that really a good win or not? We don't really know who Oakland is still because they are just Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde this year.
0: Yeah, I don't think Oakland knows who Oakland is right now.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, they they need to be on a milk carton out there or something like that because I, you just don't know. Derek Carr is supposed to set the world on fire. And from game to game, you don't know what you're getting from that guy to shit. No, no.
0: you don't. And, and you know, I he's coming back from an ankle injury, so he's probably not. You know, it's, it's one of those injuries. Well, I guess Mariota's in the same boat too, but, you know, one of those injuries where you don't get a full season of – of workouts at a hundred percent, you know what I mean? Where your stores, we've talked about it before here too, with injuries, just how it, why it takes a good two years, sometimes to get back to a full hundred percent of your playing capacity.
1: Yeah, that, 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 definitely could be it. And he got hurt early on in the season too, I think with yeah. the, the, back the back injury or whatever, uh, Fracture, back, back fracture, I think it was. It was the one, um, had,
0: the same one Romo had a few years ago.
1: Right. So um, he certainly has had some injuries to fight through. But the thing that I always say, like, with injuries, I look at it like, okay, they make a bad throw, then you can say, well, that might be on the injury. Yeah. But the thing I think that's disturbing, would be disturbing for me if I was a Raiders fan, are the decisions he makes sometimes. Because that's not about yeah your physical right there. That's about your mental processing. It's one thing to miss on the throat. It's totally another thing to just throw into coverage. Yeah. And that's what I think that Derek Carr is doing a little bit too much of this season.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and his interception numbers are way up, too, from last year. And that's, you know, <laughs> that shows. That shows. Right, Exactly. Oh, let's see. I don't know what to think this this Rams Seahawks game. I, I'm not sure what to think about that one. Well, it's I, I in mean... Seattle. I mean, I know <laughs> it'll be a good game, but I just, you know, I, I we had a lot more picks this week for the Rams than we did the Seahawks, but I wouldn't fault anyone for picking the Seahawks on that one either. You know what I mean?
1: It's hard to 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 pick against Russell Wilson at home. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that he has Dwayne Brown uh, protecting his blind side. That didn't fix all of the problems with the offensive line, right. but at least it fixed one. And so he's not okay. having to run for his life quite as much as he used to. And that's giving him time to really uh, see down the field and get the ball down the field. So um mm-hmm. it is it's I think that the Rams have a very good chance of winning this game. And if if they were in L.A., I would probably pick the Rams.
2: Yeah.
1: But just it's hard to beat Seattle at home. uh, Russell Wilson's playing good football. The offensive line is playing better. Looks like they might have found a running back with Mike Davis now. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe. So (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) Um, And their defense is still playing well, even though they've lost some guys in the secondary. Well, except for (laughs) Maxwell. Maxwell seems seems like he's getting (laughs) – Burnt an awful lot. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's just my perception. But it certainly seems like that guy could use some butter on him because he's getting toasted every <laughs> other place. But But uh, I don't know. So if they can find a way to kind of hide him on the field or not put him out there at all, they, they'd probably be a little bit better off. But, I mean, they're still just a good football team. So, yeah. um, you know, this would be one of those litmus test games for – The Rams, should we believe in them or not? Yeah. If they can beat Seattle in Seattle, there's no way that you can deny them anymore. Yeah. But if they lose in Seattle, then they probably are a year or two still away from being the kind of team that uh, is kind of a playoff type team.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's uh, you know, I will say with the Seahawks, I'm surprised I, they didn't fall off as much as I thought they would without Sherman and Chancellor in the secondary. I mean, obviously you have Earl Thomas still, so that helps, but, but I thought, I thought there would be more of, I, you know, in my infinite wisdom, ha ha ha, thought there would be more of a drop-off, but I, you know, to their credit, it, it hasn't been as steep as I think a lot of us thought it would be.
1: Right. Uh, I I mean, those are very, two very good players. So you would expect for there to be a bigger drop-off, really. But some of that might just be they haven't found that right team, you yeah. know. And, and I'll be honest with you. Yeah, Robert Woods back this week, the way he had just started tearing it up and, and really had some chemistry going with Jerry Goff, this might be the week they get exposed. Mm-hmm. This might be the week where those guys miss, missing in that Seahawks secondary really get exposed. Because we've seen Jared Goff put up some big numbers. Yeah. We've seen uh the Rams score thirty points a game. So uh we'll see uh uh if they can do that in Seattle. Like I said, it's that type of game. You you can't keep overlooking the Rams if they win that game. No in not Seattle. At all. But at the same time, if they lose that game in Seattle, you gotta have to start doubting them just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not, so, you know, the Rams lost to the Vikings in Minnesota, and it, you know, it was a, you know, it wasn't close. You know, it was 24 to seven, and they lost to the Eagles last week. Although that was a closer game, I think, than you realize. You know, than even the final score looked like. But they did beat the Saints, so you get a quality win there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this Seahawks game is a, it's the, it's kind of the, it's the litmus test for who the Rams are
1: here. I mean, you look at it, and there's the Rams are sitting at nine and four, Seahawks sitting at eight and five. Yeah. So uh, at one point it looked like the the Rams kind of had a good hold on that division lead. They lose this game, let's see how 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 the end of the season holds up for them. Yeah, and it's because big too, yeah, because like I said, beat the
0: Rams earlier this season.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say that there could be a huge shakeup. Right at the end of this season, because the Rams might look up and go from, you know, winning, being in first place in the division, three weeks out, and be out of the playoffs. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, this is one of those games to show: do you really belong, or are you faking just a little bit? Are you a a year or two away?
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) If they if they if they drop out of the playoffs, they're just gonna have to go in. And just fumigate the hell out of that building to get every last stain of Jeff Fisher out of there. Because there's just no other, there just can't be any other excuse. Well,
1: I mean, they, they made it to nine wins, right? That's so there's not no seven and nine bullshit. No, that's at true. Least. That's so true. It, it'd be a step in the right <laughs> direction, regardless, even if they lost out the rest of these games. But it, I'm sure it would be a little bit disappointing, too. <laughs> Just because they've been in first place for so long this season. Yeah. And they've looked good doing it for the most part.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've cruised through stretches this season.
1: I mean, who really, like, without looking it up, I mean, if you're not a Seahawks fan, it's kind of shocking to see that they're still 8-5. and They played so poorly at times this year. Yeah. And yet they're still just one game out.
0: It really is.
1: So, yeah, this is a huge game. And I would expect to get – you know, the best shot from each team. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, it's kind of good that Michael Bennett didn't get suspended because then there will always be kind of that question mark if, if the Seahawks lose but they didn't have Michael Bennett. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, they didn't really beat them uh, at full strength. now you get to go out there and, and snatch it. Like you say, hey, you don't want to give me my respect. I'm going to take it from you. Yeah. By beating yes. the Seahawks.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know, and for the, you know, for the weaknesses in the defense for not having a chairman and chancellor, they still have a pretty damn good front seven in Seattle.
1: So you might as well call them a front, front 10, 11, 12 because they got <laughs> yeah. good backups there too. All yeah. those guys that rotate in on the defensive line. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, they that can mitigate a lot of problems on the back end when the front end is getting out to the quarterback and not giving him a chance to look and see that third or fourth option wide it's open down the field. Yeah. So that makes a huge difference. And in, in, in those guys have to show up in the rest of these games. Yeah,
0: for sure. And then, you know, they made a difference against the Eagles the other, you know, when they – beat the eagles a couple weeks ago which was a huge win for seattle i mean i don't think we'd be talking about seattle in this position the way they are this week had they lost that eagles game you know in week 13 So that was a pretty impressive moment in the season man what else uh i'm curious to know what the what the league gave jerry jones to to drop his feud and fussing with them Besides, they give him a chance to, to give his own little press conference yesterday. But that kind of went away pretty quick. It's, I was kind of surprised by that.
1: Shit, he lost. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't no choice. He lost. I said this the whole time. We had been hoodwinked and bamboozled into thinking that uh, Jerry Jones had all these owners on his side, Right. We got that initial report that seventeen owners was on his side. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, we get a correction. It was more like three or four. (laughs) Yeah. And and once that came out, I was like, oh, okay, this shit is over. Yeah. Right? If he only has got a handful of owners literally backing him, then this is just all for show. The thing that Jerry Jones was great about in this whole thing was getting his story out first. Yeah. So (laughs) that's the story that everybody latched on to. Every single time when it would be a correction that, hey, you know what? Actually, he didn't have a whole bunch of owners on his side. He really can't stop this whole process. It's pretty much all over with. And and uh, 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 Arthur Blank is then is kicked him out of the room, basically. <laughs> but you only remember the first thing, that, you know, those first press releases and stuff from Jerry Jones or those first media leaks. That always seemed to make Jerry Jones look good, yeah, and make Roger Goodell look bad, yeah. So I mean, he did as much as he could do. He just lost, and so now <laughs> they don't give a <laughs> fuck. I, I see uh, he and Arthur Blank have made up. Evidently, Arthur Blank extending his hand and oh, he the big dramatic showing, right? You know, and all that. So <laughs> and that's great, but at the end of the day, Jerry lost. That they, they're letting him lose gracefully. They're not spiking the football on him. But let there be no mistake here. Jerry fucking lost. Yeah, yeah. and he's mad about it. And now they, they're going to change the whole process. They're going to change who picks the the chairman of the uh, compensation committee, I guess, and a whole bunch of other shit. But at the end of the day, Jerry know he lost. Yeah, and that's why now he's saying, "Oh, I know Roger Goodell loves the NFL." Da 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 da. <laughs> yeah, you you know good and hell well. Uh Jerry would not be that gracious if he had won. No. Jerry would spike the fucking football <laughs> and hit the White Shoes Johnson dance on national TV. If Roger Goodell would have got fired, or if he wouldn't have signed this extension. <laughs> right? He'd have been in there doing the fucking Super Bowl shuffle during during the owners meeting. But because he lost, he's in the just praising everybody, you know, and it's weird because he wasn't even really supposed to speak. Like, <laughs> no. everybody was like, "Why is he at the podium right now?" Yeah. But they let him speak because hey, he put all this into it and he lost. Let's at least let him save face in front of everybody. Yeah. So I think that's what this is all about. Everybody's kind of let him save face after he done made an ass of himself.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 what happened too is now we got we got Goodell for what
1: through 2024 or whatever. Right. It's it's, it's all fucked up because on the one hand, nobody wanted Goodell to get an extension. But on the other hand, if he didn't get that extension and if he didn't, if he walked away or if he got fired, however you want to put it, then there's no doubt in my mind the guy we got next would have been worse. Yeah. Because he's a full-on patsy with Jerry Jones and and Jerry Jones is the people in his corner. Yeah, And that means uh, uh, when Jerry say jump, that guy would have said how high before, you know, at least, at the very least, Roger Goodell's asked why you want him to jump, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it, I mean, like I said, it's a fucked up situation because I don't think anybody's cheering the fact that Roger Goodell is getting all this money for the next however many years. Yeah. But it, it's just like. It still could have been worse. One thing recent history has shown us: it can always be fucking worse, <laughs> right? So just just understand that if you get a choice between you know uh, 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 some some coolant, some 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 you know the p- coolant you put in your car, some antifreeze, yeah, and and, and and you know the Gatorade flavor you don't particularly care for, just go ahead with that Gatorade flavor you don't particularly care for. <laughs> Don't don't try to you know gargle with the antifreeze anymore. <laughs> and so hopefully over the last year or so we we've learned our lesson on that front, and we just decided to go with with the be- the, the best worst option I would say. So I, you know, I, I I I definitely was was very conflicted on this whole thing. Like <laughs> I can't stand Roger Goodell, but but Jared Jones winning in this yeah. situation with air quotes. Would have been the worst thing the league has ever seen.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's just
1: <laughs> man. If there was ever a theme
0: for these last what eighteen months or so, it's <laughs> oh. Tell you what, man. It's uh, it's good. It's good to be back. We uh, we got we, we'll. Uh, I suspect this week's games will be giving us lots to talk about next week.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I said, this will only get more heated as the weeks pass on. These last three weeks are going to be some of the most exciting football that we've seen all year, at least in terms of the stakes. Yeah. Now, whether guys can 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 kind of uh, pull it together and make a stretch run, wh- whereas everybody is, I'm sure, beat up and banged up in week 15, 16 and 17 remains to be seen. Yeah. But at least for the stakes. I mean, the stakes couldn't be higher, especially in the NFC right now. Everybody's kind of bunched right there, trying to get those final couple of playoff spots. And it'll be interesting to see who we're talking about three weeks from now, as opposed to who we're talking about right now.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And really, I mean, like these next six—what six or seven weeks from now through the Super Bowl—ought to be pretty. Uh, this, we're gonna be—we're uh, gonna have a lot of shit to talk about on this. Little show, and you got Black Monday coming up in a little bit too. So it's gonna be a get some rest, rest up, pack a lunch because we got a lot to do. All right, Stephen, we'll uh we'll podcast again next week and uh have lots more football to
2: talk about. How's that sound?
1: Can't wait.